This is a White Ridge Baptist podcast. Well, I love it. I love hearing new Christmas songs as well as singing the older and more familiar Christmas carols. I'm excited tonight because um, I'm going to get you to help me with this message. And you didn't know that you were going to be participating tonight, but you're going to be participating in a story. So I'm going to tell you a story about a family that have four children. And this section over here, you're going to be the oldest, Michael, okay? Now, Michael, his line is, I don't want to. Okay, now, can you get that much, you know? Let's try it. Hey, there's a rebellious group over here, I can tell, okay. Michael's here, okay? We got Rodney here, okay? And Rodney's line is, that's a good idea, Okay, you're with me now. And over here we have the third born, and she is Susie. And Susie's word is, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Okay. Michael? Rodney? Okay. Rodney? Susie? And Sally, the fourth and youngest, her line is, I can help everybody. I can help. Okay. Okay. So here's that's our lines and and let's let's see how this story goes. Once upon a time there was a family with four children whose names were Michael, Rodney, Susie, and Sally. It was Christmas time and the whole family was preparing for the holiday season. Mom wanted to have some help in the kitchen doing some Christmas baking, but Michael announced and disappeared into the basement. Rodney said, but he ended up leaving when the cookie dough got stuck to his fingers. Susie said, and continued chatting on her phone with her friends. But Sally said, and she spent the next two hours helping mom bake cookies. Well, later on at supper time, after the supper table, mom and dad said they were going to go and help a new immigrant family by taking over some gifts and helping them move the rest of their furniture into place. Michael said, and asked to be excused from the table. Rodney said, but when it came time to go, he was nowhere to be found. Susie said, and her friends were coming over that evening to hang out, she said. So Sally said, and she went to the kitchen to get a plate of Christmas baking to take along. Well, the next day was the day before Christmas, and the house needed to be cleaned up and decorated and be ready for Christmas Day. Some visitors were coming over. Grandma was coming, and a friend of Grandma's who had no family of her own to visit, and a student of the church that had no one around as well. So again, Mom and Dad asked who would help out with the vacuuming, who would set the table, who would shovel the snow on the front steps, and so on. Michael said, but his father made him go and do the vacuuming. Rodney said, and he left the job of setting the table half finished. Susie said, and tried ducking out, but mom had her go and shovel the front steps anyway. And Sally said, and she pitched in wherever she was needed. Well, that evening... At the Christmas service that they went to at their church, they heard a story. 
And they heard the songs they sang, away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. And the pastor had a very odd Christmas message that night. He told a story that Jesus had told in the Gospels about a farmer, a farmer that was sowing seed, and that some seed would fall along the path, and birds would come and eat it up, and other seed fell on rocky soil, and it started to grow a plant, but because it was rocky, it couldn't grow roots, and so it died, and some seed fell on thorny soil, and the weeds creeped in and choked out the plant, and some seed fell on good soil, and it produced a harvest. It says, the pastor continued in this story by saying that after Jesus had finished telling this story, the disciples took him alone aside, and they said to him, we don't understand the story. And so Jesus explained the story to them. He said, the seed is the word of God. And, and the soil is the heart's response to the Word of God. Some people's hearts are hard, like the path. So as soon as the seed drops, the enemy comes and snatches it away. Some people's hearts are good, it seems, at first, like the rocky soil. But then when trouble comes, they quickly fall away. Some people's hearts are worried and distracted, like the thorny soil that choked out the good plant. And some people's hearts are humble, and they receive what God says, and they grow and produce good things. And then the pastor asked the church, which kind of heart does your, which kind of soil is in your heart? And he went on to talk about Jesus, how Jesus always obeyed his heavenly Father, that 2,000 years ago, God the Father said to his only son, Jesus, I want you to go down to earth and take the form of a human. You must be born like a baby. You must grow up as a human. You must face all the weaknesses and temptations that those humans face, but don't sin in the process. And then you must die a cruel death to help those humans and to actually forgive those that need the forgiving. Do you know how Jesus, God's, Son responded to his father, the pastor said. Did he say, but father, I don't want to go down to that tiny, dirty ball of earth, like live like a human. Or did he say, oh, father, that's a good idea. But then when the time came to be born, not show up. Or did he say, but father, I am far too busy up here with all the things of heaven. No, the pastor said, he actually... Jesus responded with a yes, I'll go. In Philippians 2, it says, Jesus being in very nature, God didn't consider that something to hang on to, but made himself a servant and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death on a cross. Well, the family wasn't ready for that serious Christmas Eve service message. And so on the way home in the back seat of the van, everybody was rather quiet. The children could hear their own voices in some of the things that Jesus said when he talked about the four soils. Michael could hear himself in the background saying, I don't want to. Rodney could hear himself saying, that's a good idea, but not obey. Susie could hear her voice saying, I'm too busy. 
And even Sally knew that she sometimes sounded like her brothers and sister. And that evening, after supper, Mom and Dad sat and watched as the children cleaned off the table, not even being asked. Grandma commented to her friend, isn't it wonderful to see how the children are helping out? Now, lest you think that this story is just a story about children and a family and a moralizing of how we all need to try to be better, to be good, to not be so selfish, I want to say that I believe what the Spirit of God is saying through this message is more about the condition of our own hearts before a holy God. And regardless of which soil you think your heart might identify with, the fact is that I think we all respond to God and His Word in all four ways at different times and in different circumstances. And if we're honest, if we're honest, we might acknowledge that the heart that we bring to Jesus is sometimes a very dark, very crude, very selfish place as we lift it up to God. And he needs to us have a, give us continually the light of his glorious presence. I'd like you to think about the fact that tonight, maybe your heart is very much like the stable that Joseph and Mary arrived at and where Jesus was born. I think it's a lot like that, that our hearts are like the stable. Unless we think that our own by our own doing, we can clean up our hearts sufficiently for his arrival. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary trying to clean up the stable, make it a better place for the Son of God to be born, and we're going to still smell like a stable, look like a stable? Unless you think that maybe your heart's too dirty for Jesus to enter in or be born there, or lest you think that Christ maybe would not even darken the door of your heart, I think you need to think again. We need to remember that what made that dirty stable a glorious place was not its first condition when Mary and Joseph first arrived and found it there, but what made it such an incredibly glorious place and even a temple was the condition it was transformed into when Christ was born there. And so it is with us. It is not our hearts that we bring to God that make us different than anybody around us. It is the presence of the light of Jesus Christ in our hearts and the transforming of what he can do that will make a noteworthy heart that we can lift up to God one day. So on this Christmas, as you ponder the message this evening, as you think about the condition of your heart, as crude and dirty and smelly and selfish as you know your own heart can be, why don't you offer it up to God as a place for Him to be born into? Why don't you offer it as the dark place that it is to be the very place that the light of the world could come? Why don't you step out in a new faith beyond the faith you've had up till this point, to say, God, I'm not even sure if I'm willing, but I'm willing to be made willing. And then as the light of the world comes in, Jesus Christ, as he cleans up the stable of your heart and makes it into a place where others around you can be walking in darkness, but then through your life have the light of that life.
Let's pray. Father, as we think about this message tonight, this incredible, glorious event that happened 2,000 years ago when God, the divine, became a man. Lord, we still, even standing on tiptoes, cannot reach to the heights of the wisdom of that, the knowledge of that. And we want to understand it more. So tonight, and even in this Christmas season, would you, O Lord, come down again? By your Spirit, would you enter the stable of our hearts? And would you shine your light there into all the dark crevices that we hide? And would you, by so doing, transform us to be the people that can be the light of the world? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.